Hello, and welcome back to Searching Inward, a podcast brought to you by Restore Small Groups here in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I'm George Stahl, your host, sitting down with Scott Reel and Anna Bryant, our normal suspects (laughs) uh, on this podcast. And today's episode is on motivation and understanding the different ways intrinsic and extrinsic motivation guides and inspires us on the path of hope healing and transformation. So we're going to jump into that in just a moment. But before we do, we have some exciting things we want to update our listeners on. Uh, Two things that have been going on that we're really excited about. So Anna's going to share one, which is uh, a 20th year celebration. So tell us about that. What is it? Yay! (laughs) What is it called? Okay, so we're so excited to um, let you know that after a two-year COVID hiatus, we're going to have our Celebration of Hope, which we usually have annually. This is our 20th Celebration of Hope, celebrating over 20 years of, of service to the Nashville community and also serving globally. And so if you can save the date for October 6th. We're going to have our celebration at the Loveless Barn, and we would love for you to participate. If you'd like more information, contact the office, and we will see what we can do to get you a seat. There's only 300 seats, but you're saying if they contact Space you now, is limited. you will assure them a seat. So uh, you guys hear that. So uh, if you want to get your seat nailed down now, please reach out to, to Anna, and we'll make sure we do that. And Scott, you uh, just had... Uh, you took about 100 people through some training in a very special place in the world. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, last Thursday and Friday, trained 100 new facilitators in Tanzania, Africa. Uh, these are pastors and church leaders in their country. That uh, and Actually, I heard that we could have had another 100 if we'd had space, but uh, we filled this building and through an interpreter and... and Swahili, we, it's just growing like crazy. Uh, so now we're in Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania, and it's just growing like wildfire. So we're really excited about what's happening in Africa. This little book, written in Nashville, Tennessee, translated in Swahili, <laughs> and you're training pastors and leaders to take people through that in Africa. That, that truly is remarkable. And it is a miracle what it is. It's a miracle. But uh, so those are just a couple updates that uh, we wanted you to hear. But today we want to talk about motivation and just how that works in being helpful to our, our path of transformation. And so uh, which one do you want to start first? Uh, we want to just understand the difference between uh, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. So. Anna, you want to start? I'll be happy to. So obviously, intrinsic motivation is going to be something that comes from within us, and extrinsic motivation is going to come from outside of us. And both are very helpful and useful in um, in motivating us both in life, but especially when it comes to um, substantial changes. Um, so intrinsic would be things that, you know, we like a challenge or we're curious about something or we enjoy something, we want to find purpose. Um, so that all comes within what we're motivated to do. But extrinsic of, often comes either by reward or maybe a fear of punishment um, or if we crave praise or if we really value competition. All of those things would be examples of motivation that comes extrinsically or outside of ourselves. And Scott, you used a word for extrinsic motivation as pressure. Um, and 
how that could begin the journey of transformation or looking more deeply at our lives at a place maybe where we want change. But uh, you speak of it as, as being a start, but there's something deeper that we could tap into. And so can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, the reality is almost all of us come to change extrinsically motivated. Something uh, has become a problem. There's some kind of pressure. Just think of all the ways that our society motivates us extrinsically. You get a grade card. You know, you, you're told that you've got to improve, you know, or you're going you're gonna to flunk. You're gonna, we're going to hold you back. Or you won't be able to play on a team. Or, um, or they're motivated when you are on a team. If you don't play better, you're going to lose your position, you know. Um, so... And then just in our society, if I get a, if I get a DUI, I, they, I go to jail, I leave my driver's license. Um, marriages, you know, somebody's struggling in marriage and the, the spouse says, I'm going to leave you if you don't change. Doctor tells you if you don't change your lifestyle, you're going to die. These are examples of extrinsic motivation, pressure to change, or there's going to be consequences. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's not. It, what you see is that a lot of people start there. And it could be the, the initiator that gets them going. But what you've learned over time is that it can't sustain that kind it, of change. It will not sustain change. Yeah. For change to be sustained, even our motivation has to be transformed. And it's transformed from being externally motivated through pressure to an internal motivation. It's not that I have to change. It's that I want to change. And when I was studying Prochaska's model of change back when I wrote Journey to Freedom, he said that it, the majority of people are in contemplation. They're aware that they have areas of their life that need to change. And most of the time, there's some kind of pressure. Um, but he said for that change then to become intrinsic, which is the sustainable motivation, we have to see, we need to have a vision. And what he talks about is we focus more on the solution, on the problem. And that's where I like to see what we do at Restore is really building and carving out which is how I start Journey to Freedom with, I saw the angel in the stone and I carved him until I set him free. We begin to see the person that God really created us to be, who we really are. And that is the same motivation that uh, May talks about in Addictions of Grace, that we all come just wanting to get out of the pressure of our attachments and addictions. But ultimately he says for it to really be transformation where we are different, it has become an internal motivation. So the, the two things that I've heard you talk about um, is that it's, first of all, believing that you can change. and But secondly, it's also believing that that's truly who you are, that there's this better part of you. And even when, you know, the external things that you're seeing that you want to see change in your life they can make us feel really horrible about ourselves. And so what you're talking about, intrinsic motivation, is finding and being reminded of that goodness of, of who we truly are. And that's what we want to live out of more fully. Right, and tapping into that. You know, it's just so difficult, I think, that people have showed up in my office for 20-some years, and they've gotten something has happened. And they're, it's usually some kind of crisis. And so their environment has been dismantled it's been all shook up and they want to get their feeding you know back and they want to get their life back to where they have a sense of control and so what I know is that this is okay you're here this is motivated you get here but you need to look at it has to become a deeper motivation that it can't be just 
to get your spouse back, which is a great motivation, but because what would happen so many of them is that if the motivation was just to save the marriage, so they 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 made these changes, and then the spouse decides, you know what, I've decided I still don't want to stay, and then the spouse leaves them, they go right back to their prior behaviors, which is what we know about the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. Once the intrinsic is removed, then you no longer have any grounding to continue transformation out of, is what you're saying. Right, and what the phrase we've always used is we get a sense that we're controlling our environment. I got, yeah. I got everything under control, so I feel okay now. And we stop there. But we really haven't been transformed into, ultimately, a yeah. new person with, with, with new desires. That has to be intrinsic. There's, I'm telling you, that's the greatest journey from I have to change to I want, want to, change. to change. Do you think that's where, Anna, where the Enneagram helps us? Because the Enneagram talks so much about internal motivation over, you know, outward behavior. And so uh, you had some insight into, like, you're a nine, I'm a nine. Um, <laughs> and just nine. how, yeah. <laughs> and if everyone was nine, the world would be a great place, wouldn't it, Anna? <laughs> we'd be, <laughs> we'd be so peaceful that, that's and believe. harmonious. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm not so certain of that. But, uh, but uh, the different ways that perhaps that eternal motivation you know, connected to her Enneagram yeah. plays out. Yeah, with. no, I, I think that um, understanding your motivation is uh, is key and understanding yourself uh, helps understand our motivation. So that's why I highly encourage people who maybe haven't delved into the Enneagram at all, like check it out. It's really a helpful tool to help you not only understand yourself, understand yourself better, but to understand the people in your life and what motivates them. Um, so intrinsic motivation... I mean, extrinsic motivation, it, it is often like pressure, but it also can be for some people um, like a reward space. Like, so for somebody who is very relationally or socially motivated, uh, when you engage in a certain behavior and you get those rewards, that feedback, you get that, um, then you're reinforced to like do that again. So I think for somebody that is like a, a nine who is very uh, relationally oriented, um, if you behave like you do something kind for someone and you get reinforced like, oh, thank you. Like you're so nice or I really needed that. And you um, are motivated then, even though it's externally, to repeat those behaviors. Um, now, sometimes that can be really good and that can increase your confidence and try to um, go deeper into whatever it is that you're uh, doing, but sometimes if it's a negative behavior or it's a dysfunctional relational pattern, that can actually work to your detriment. So that's why it's really important to understand what your motivation is. Um, and if you tend to be somebody who is just naturally extrinsically motivated, mm -hmm. um, to find what it's going to take to build that internal intrinsic motivation so that you can make those sustained, uh, long lasting changes that you may need in your life. So, uh, I love what you guys are inviting us to, because it, it's an inward journey. So, like, we want to use the external things that are happening in our lives to help us understand where we're at and ways that perhaps we can change and, and grow, but they're not the sustaining factor in our lives. Well, how do we help people um, realize that 
that intrinsic motivation is real? And um, what are the motivators to beginning to trust that internal part of us that is wanting to motivate us? What, what are you guys finding you're experiencing in group that unlocks that for a lot of people who don't even have an awareness of it? First of all, to move extrinsically to intrinsically motivated, to me, can only happen in community, especially in community where there's empathy and, I'm, and I have the opportunity to be safe space where I can fully be known. Because the small group becomes what we have talked about before, the secure attachment. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people that are empathetically listening to me and are present for me. And so then that secure attachment, they become the divine mirror that mirrors back to me who I truly am. And that then I begin to believe this is the good that really is me. Mm. And I want to be that man. And that man would live this way. Then that vision then begins to be the ultimate motivator. That's why... Vision is, I believe, the center of intrinsic motivation. person begins to believe and see, this is who I really am. And this is a person who doesn't need this, whatever it is that I can finally put down. Otherwise, it's just not going to be sustainable until we have that move. But I'm telling you, that distance from extrinsic motivation to intrinsic motivation takes work. And it, takes a, and it takes what we would call a healing community, which is a small group. Again, we go back to what Thompson said. There's nothing greater that the world needs, a human being needs, than the experience of being fully known. Because it's when I'm fully known, I can begin to see and believe things about myself that I just cannot in isolation. And with our society, the way that it is, we're so isolated and more disconnected in our history. Do you find that that, does that happen instantly for people? Or like, is... Is, is it over time? I think it's a, sl- some people, think it's a slow burn. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a process. Like yeah. it t- it t- because you're talking about not just seeing the mirror reflected back at you, but truly beginning to believe it, that that's true about who you are. And so that's a, that, that's a, a process for a lot of people. Right, because that's what I was telling you guys when we were talking just before this, that if I don't come to believe this is really true about me, then I'll never be intrinsically motivated if I can't see myself as that person living that way, living into that change, it's really difficult, if not impossible. I think that's one of the really beautiful things about our our community of small groups. Like you, you come to a place where you can be um, very uh, raw and honest and vulnerable about who you are. Um, and in this empathetic community, people, they don't pretend that that's not who you are or where you've been or experiences that you've had, um, even if they are like shameful things, but they are able to look past and say, yes, but I see who you truly are at your core and help reinforce that vision of who you want to become. And when that's being continually reinforced to you in spite of our failings, our shortcomings, the things that we maybe aren't proud of about our own stories, um, we, we become to um, really take root in that vision and believe that about ourselves. So when you do begin to believe it, even just an inkling of it or just an opening to it, that's when you're talking about intrinsic motivation begins to do its most beautiful work. And the truth will set you free. You know, we were talking earlier too, that, and I think this is such a key, that we live in a very shame-based society. You know, it will tell you quickly, you're a bad person if you do this. 
And then think of even parents, you tell your children, that's bad. You don't do that. You know, and, and versus saying, you're a good person, there's a better way. You know, and, and, and there, there's consequences this other way. And, and, and so grace is the most powerful force in the universe. I, to me, the difference is an exemplary cause of grace pulling me forward. No, this is who you are. This is a goodness in you. And you would live differently. And you won't need this anymore. Versus you're bad, shame, stop it, don't do this anymore. You see that, you know, but I'm talking about that conversation, that narrative. We were talking about this in group last night. That goes on in our own heads. I'm saying that to myself. You're a bad person. Stop this. And, and so I even have to have that narrative. No, Scott, you're a good person. God is growing in you, and, and you're going to overcome this, and you're, and you're going to grow into something so beautiful. Even at my advanced age, I still have to believe that. It, it's not too late. I'm serious. That is, we had the greatest conversation about that last night. And um, because most of the people are ashamed of what they've done, where they've been, and the pressure of that. Um, but the awakening of you're a beautiful human being and you have so much potential and we believe in you and we are for you and we will never abandon you. That's the message of grace. And that's one of the beautiful things I think about our groups is like, yeah, just seeing that potential in those people that you're uh, creating this community with and, and verbalizing that and reinforcing that. And, um, yeah, you, potential is undervalued, I think, and we all have limitless potential. And so to really begin to tap into that um, and encourage that and uh, foster and grow that in other people in our groups um, and in one another, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch something grow. And I'm hearing you guys say, like, the baseline is goodness. Regardless of what is happening in our lives, that we truly are made in the image of God, and God says it's good. And uh, you know what I'm hearing is is that intrinsic motivation really has to happen out of the baseline of that. We have to be reminded of that before any real healing and goodness can can last over over time. Um, is there is there another way that uh, through hearing people, you know, reflect back to you who you are, um, where, where, where does it go from there? Because these groups end, and, you know, in eight weeks, like, how do you begin to live that out every day? And do we, you know, as a result of these groups, does something really begin to take place deep within people that they could begin to live out of that outside of uh, attending a small group? I would say both, you know. Yes, it starts to grow. It starts to take permanent root. And it goes back to neuroplasticity. You know, that I'm building new neural pathways that are kind, gentle, and caring. I mean, this is exactly what we talked about in group last night, just how harsh these narratives are. And these are, and if you'd have met the people from this group, these are what we would call highly functioning people, you think, yet they're so negative. They're narratives and fear-based through the shame. And so, yes, it's growing inside them, but they need each other. Um, as Thompson said, even again, you need a secure attachment your entire life. And so I just think it's imperative that I have a sustainable community. And the people who I know that keep growing, they have those relationships. They have those communities. 
Because otherwise, we, we, I really believe that's what shame does. It gets us to slip into isolation. Or we really uh, do, we, we have a bad choice of thinking that I, I've got it now. I don't need to stay connected anymore. And mm-hmm. we drift back into our isolation. And the reality is the way that God created our brains in a way we, are, we need intimate relationships that are honest and hopeful and true and caring and kind. And we need those secure attachments for the rest of our lives that are mirroring back to us. Because we will be growing, as Paul says, outwardly I'm diminishing, but inwardly, he says, I'm growing all the way. And so... Um, those groups that I get to, I'm blessed that I get to facilitate them, I grow in them every single time because I build these very intimate relationships with people who I'm fully known. And it just, uh, and that motivates me every time I start to believe a little bit more, gosh, I might be a good guy after all. <laughs> <laughs> after all my thoughts about myself. And I, I joke about that, but I'm telling you, how difficult those narratives mm. are for us. Yeah, you you are living this, Scott, and that's why we we feel it so powerfully um, from you, Anna. Um, anything else that you would want us to understand, just in the difference between these two ways of being motivated? I'm hearing like eventually it moves to I think I believe to now I desire this, and that's where you know, we really began to move into change and something really begins to happen internally. But just any, any other insight that you might have? Yeah, I, I think find what motivates you. And even if it's something that is external, start there um, and then see how that can grow and blossom and, and become a part of who you are. Because when it becomes a part of you, it's when it really becomes internalized and intrinsic. And um, if you need somebody to see you who for who you really are, come get in a group. I cannot uh, overstate how much uh, this healing community, it is transformative. Um, Even if you don't have something that you consider a life controlling issue, if you just feel isolated and lonely, come get in a group and see how your life transforms from it. There's an invitation for Anna. So hopefully some of you listeners um, hear that and you need a place to go. So please reach out. Um, Scott, any, any other insight into this? I know you have a lot of drawings here on the table. <laughs> Anything in, in that that... Uh... Reflection of my brain. So, <laughs> there's, I just think that, back to Proverbs, without a vision, that people will perish. But I heard one interpretation that said, without a vision, people lose moral restraint. So, so again, even vision is what to me, drives our ultimate motivation. It's not focusing on the problem anymore. It's focusing on the solution, and that is who I really am and who I'm becoming. And I don't need these things anymore. I don't want to do these things anymore. Not that I have to stop them. I want to be different. That's not who I am. And so, and what I find is usually has to do with love. Um, if I love myself, I love you, and I love my friends, and I love this world, and I love God, and all in it, then I'm going to be different. I want to be versus the shameful negative consequences, or is it, or even just the pressure of, you know. So for change to be sustainable, the motivation has to be transformed to where it is intrinsic, where it's this is what I want to be, this is who I am. And when a person starts believing that and seeing that, 
their life will be completely different. Uh, Sigmund Freud says that uh, everyone is hopelessly overcharged for life. And obviously, I don't take my cues from from Freud entirely, but I think there's good wisdom in that. Like, And then um, uh, Ronald Rollheiser in a book called The Holy Longing talks about how every human being has this unquenchable fire and desire and, and this holy longing within us. And I think that's what I hear you guys saying, that that's what we're trying to tap into. And our spirituality is, because uh, everyone has a spirituality, is it's either life-giving or it's destructive. And I think what we're, what you guys are inviting people back to is the most life-giving, energizing, unquenchable fire of the best parts of, of their souls and who they are. And I think it's such a beautiful thing. But um, do you make the connection there, just as we wrap this up? Like, this intrinsic motivation, as people uh, begin to see it, um, it is our spirituality. It, it's that holy longing and desire to be who we were made to be. That deep internal goodness that was with you from your very foundation of creation. Mm. You were created good. And um, while we may have strayed from that along our path, um, it doesn't change who we are foundationally. We are made in the image of God. Well said. There's no greater motivator for a human being that I've witnessed in these 20-some years doing this work than when they realize how much they are loved. And then that love becomes an internal love, too. I love myself. Those are the people that find that intrinsic motivation to stay on the journey. Well, we couldn't be invited to that by more gifted and wonderful, beautiful people like you two. So, and you guys are truly living that. And every time I say beautiful, Scott cringes. <laughs> um, I think that's because he doesn't see himself as beautiful. And maybe that's not the best way to describe oh, your... Uh, you are beautiful, Scott. Yes. <laughs> but the beginning of change, friends, happens when we humbly and honestly uh, question the life that, that we have. And so I think what we're hearing in this, that extrinsically we could, some of the negative things that are happening can be an indicator that there's a need for change, and that's a, a great place to start. But we're not left there just with external changes and being motivated by that, but there truly is a grace and a love in our lives and a place like Restore Small Groups to come to that can help us tap into a more deeper motivation where uh, it's not just us alone, but it's being witnessed by others and most importantly by uh, the grace and the love that made every one of us. Um, Scott, did you have something else? Because you, you look like you're... I, you're, you're speaking <laughs> my language. I love it. <laughs> but anyhow, um, we're either being um, invited into a more life-giving motivation or uh, we're being drawn by something that could be destructive in our lives. So you guys are inviting people to trust more. And there is this experience of living that can tap into this eternal, uh, internal motivation. And it's the beginning of something beautiful and good. I just say this in closing. I see external motivation, extrinsically motivated, as pushing me towards change. Mm. And then there's this amazing transformation happens when God's love comes to my heart. And now all of a sudden, intrinsically, something is pulling me mm. forward to a place I've never been before. And that's it's a really good way 
for me to look at it. So we're being pulled out of the past and even out of the present that we're not happy with into something better. By a beautiful exemplary cause, a vision, that God's growing. And that just pulls me for the rest of my life. I'm no longer being pushed. I'm being pulled. The beginning of change happens when we humbly and honestly question the life that we have. It is complementary to who we are and who we always have been created to be, or it's distracting us from who we want to become. So a desire to have a more healthy experience of living is the beginning of something good and beautiful. Restore can help you live this out and discover lasting change is possible for every one of us, and no one has to journey the path of transformation alone. Visit us online at restoresmallgroups.org to learn more about online and in-person groups that you can participate in. But until we uh, join back together here again, take care, friends.